Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel Autry, where I invite you to join me to delight in life by finding joy right where we are. Today, we are talking with Sarah Haggerty all about honoring your limitations. Like, hey, what if you don't like how life looks like right now? What if you had different expectations from where you would be, what you would be doing, all the things? I'm so excited about this conversation. You will walk away with ideas you can apply right now. There's going to be so many moments that make you go, oh yeah, me too all from these two girls who are just trying to figure out life right alongside you because that's what friends are for, right? It's time that we cut the fluff and have some real talk with Sarah. I am so honored to have you. Tell us, let's just start here. Tell us who you are, what you've got going on. It's a new year. So many exciting things for you on the docket. Well, I <laughs> new year feels a lot like last year. I don't know. There's maybe a, a one minute difference. <laughs> I have seven kids. That's yeah, what I've exactly. got on the docket. I have young adults all the way down to a four-year-old. Um, yes. And wow. I've, you know, we have a big gap in between them. We've got four kids that we adopted from various countries in Africa, three biological children. And I squeeze my writing into the little margins of my life. So I love writing. It's a passion. I'm a reader. So I naturally became a writer. Uh, but it certainly feels like it's a moonlighting for me. That blows my mind. Like as a mom, I'm thinking like, okay, a mom of seven squeezing into free time. When is free time? Like, when do you find that? Is it, it's not now, it's because you have young adults. Well, the young adults are, thankfully, they don't need me to hold their hand for most of the day. So it is, it is actually like the between two and four. That's when I do it a couple hours a day. And and then if I'm in the middle of writing a book, I'll slide away for a weekend to like a local hotel or get away for a writing sure. retreat that, but you know, there's so much that goes into being an author beyond just actually writing the books. And so that's what I do in the, in during nap time, rest time. Yeah. It's that's wild. wild to me. That's wild. Okay. So I have two, I have two little boys. They are about to turn three, just turned one. And this is like a nap time hustle for me is what I call it because it is that. It's like you have to find the Mother's Day Out program or yes. the friend that's a sitter or the nap time or the bedtime. And so I just appreciate this so much. I want people that are listening to hear you say like life gives us all sorts of different gates and boundaries and things set to make what our life is normal for us, which can sometimes feel like so I'm, I'm just going to say it. Sometimes it feels like a handicap where I'm like, I would hate to call my children a handicap for me. But sometimes, especially I feel like the world right now is out to make children complicated, yes. life complicated, our trauma and our past complicated to keep us back from maybe what God has for us. And that's kind of exactly what I think you're an expert at speaking yeah. to is people saying past what might be holding them back and instead seeing it as maybe even a catalyst. So I love that. Absolutely. I think our limitations are really a gift, but it's not something that once you have a child, you all of a sudden, just like birthing that child, you're like, oh, or adopting that child, you're like, oh, and now with this child comes limitations that I love and appreciate. I think it's a long road for moms, especially to awaken to the reality yeah. that children um, give us a needed limitation. But for a long time, I think it does feel like it can be a resentment. We can resent the fact that we were super productive before we had kids. And then after we have kids, it's, we can maybe do two things in a day successfully. Right. This also goes for friends that like are experiencing illness that they maybe came as a shock. I feel like this could be for friends that are going through 
a marriage struggle. This could be friends that had an engagement. And for, for anyone listening, I feel like we're all at some point in our life experiencing a level of discomfort, limitation, you would say, that, again, feels like it's keeping us back from living our best life. And as quickly as I, I I'll just speak for myself, want to be like, how do I get through it? How do I avoid it? How do I get rid of it? Like whatever, to make sure that I can go the fastest pace as possible. Yes, like throw off your hindrances, but at the same time, we have to nod to them. We can't just completely ignore them. That's not how this works. So I would love to hear, maybe even if you have limitations that come to your mind that people might be walking through besides parenthood, that they could maybe identify with to be like, oh, wait, yeah, that's me. Like, I feel like I'm limited too. Well, I mean, I've got a ton, but I think practically in this stage of my life, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease in the spring and my life got really small. Um, Not just with the diagnosis. The diagnosis was more of a period at the end of a sentence than it was a new sentence because it explained a lot of health issues that I had. But all of a sudden, in order for me to take care of my body, I had to become really unproductive. And I think there's a natural progression we have when we face our limits. We resent them. We resent them. We work very hard to work around them. We try to, we, they act as like a fence for us and we want to hurdle them. But I think there's a process that we walk through in order to eventually see that the things that we resent are actually purposed by God. That the boundary lines we've been given that we wow. resent are in fact beautiful. And for me with my Lyme, we'll just use that example um, it was very naturally months of going, what in the world has happened to my life? And ha- I, I can do half or one third of what I used to be able to do. And the needs around me are only growing. And so that resentment building up and right. me going, I hate where I am and I don't know what to do with this. And then slowly beginning to see, I need to name those feelings rather than just reacting to them. Don't we oftentimes react to the feelings we have about our limitations yes. without naming them? And so they, that, those reactions drive us. We ruminate. We like ruminate it gets worse and, and worse we, we, and we start to spiral. schedule our ways towards circumventing our limits. We become hurdlers of the fence line that God has put in our life. Uh, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. We know that from Psalm 16, 6, but we don't feel that. We actually are really mad at our limitations. So I think one of the first steps is just naming how we feel related to our limitations. I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel hindered in life. And then as we begin to name those things, we actually can start to grieve them, which sounds sort of strange. Like, should I really grieve my broken ankle? Should I really grieve the fact that uh, my finances are limited, so I can't shop the way that I used to shop or I want to shop. Should I really grieve that my child isn't sleeping at night? And so I'm not sleeping. Those are things we don't necessarily put in the category of grief, but there's something powerful to grieving because ultimately, as I started to grieve with any of my limitations, then I started to meet God. And it's, I love the grief word, because it's not that we're grieving. I mean, it is, but it's not all that we're grieving the broken ankle, that we're grieving the child that's not sleeping at night. We're grieving what could have been that we can no longer have because that exists. So I just wanted to break that down for someone listening. That's like, I don't know, like I'm grieving something a lot bigger than a broken ankle, you know, or like they're thinking on a scale. Or a loss. Yes. You're grieving the loss of someone. That is hard grief. And not to say that there's any kind of level of harder grief or less harder grief or whatever, but we have to grieve what we thought would, that it's no longer able to be met. 
Um, yeah. So I just wanted to name that. And I would say that's little girl grief or little boy grief and little and big girl grief, big boy grief in the sense that mm-hmm. we feel foolish grieving that. Like I shouldn't be throwing a temper tantrum at 46 that my summer is very hindered because I'm sick and I can't do the pool like I used to be able to do with my kids and we can't do all the activities or I can't do that fun trip with my girlfriends because I'm going to sleep the whole time. So in some ways I I would shame myself into thinking, well, that's for the little girls. When in, in God's word, we know that he invites us to come as little children and there's something powerful to little girl grief to going, you know what? There is a little girl inside of me who's very sad that I'm not living where I want to be living right now. And could it actually be a big girl step to grieve that, uh, to become like a child before God, to grieve where I'm not living and to accept that this actually might be the invitation into sitting on God's lap. That's so good. You said something earlier. It was like hurdling the, I'm not going to say it as beautifully as you did. Hurdling (laughs) the fence line. And I would say our boundary, our limits, our limitations in some ways are like a fence around our property. And, you know, whether you live in Mm -hmm. suburbia and you have a postage stamp property or you live on a lot of acreage, you know, you don't cross the boundaries. But in oftentimes, figuratively, we dream about what's on the other side of those boundaries. I, you know, I, we actually live on acreage and there are days where I dream for a suburban plot of land that would take us 30 minutes to mow you know, or, or that I wouldn't have all these possibilities for flower beds that are untended to if I lived in suburbia, very practically. But I think our limits then can become, right. we dream about if when I was younger and I could travel or when I didn't have, you know, as you speak to just this season of having young kids, when I had more flexibility, when, when right. I could actually have more conversations back and forth during a day. And so we look over right. the fence line often. Oftentimes we live with our eye over the fence line and we miss the presence, what we have right in front of us. So there's wow. just this, we, we feed the resentment inside of us. It's understandable that we'd have resentment, but we feed it by ignoring the grass right in front of us or the trees in our yard and always looking over the fence line to go, if I could, when I could, how can I get there? Dang. Oh, that hit me. And I think we do it on thinking. Yes, it's, it's so subconscious too. And it's like the enemy's sneakiest way to get into my heart and be like, but what if, Rachel? Yes. And then I start dreaming about the what ifs that aren't even realistic or possible. And I'm not limiting myself, but maybe I am being like, that's not what God has for me. And I have peace about walking away from right. that. Like, Why would you flirt with this idea and like make it so shiny to me? Because the enemy wants you to resent God and his plan and his sovereignty for you. And it's, it's unthinking. A lot of this, you know, researchers say we have 6,000 thoughts in a day. So if you think about the real estate that we can actually work with in our lives, we try and tweak our schedules, we try and tweak our commitments, but there is also this real estate in our minds, 6,000 thoughts in a day that we have the capacity to impact be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul exonerates us to be transformed by what's happening inside your mind. But we don't often evaluate it. I mean, I know I don't. So I could go four hours, literally just taking sips of this when my kids are older or when we're in the next season, or if we had a little bit more flexibility here. And then four hours later, I'm just steeped in resentment, not even realizing it. And, yeah. and then a friend calls and she's like, hey, we're taking a trip to Europe for the weekend. And all of a sudden I am sunk because I've actually just spent the last four hours dreaming about when I wasn't in the season that I'm in right now. Right. 
Yeah. And that's tough. I think uh, I've heard this too, that when you continue to have the same thought over and over and over again, like we can train our Mm -hmm. minds, right? Like our minds listen, our bodies listen to our minds, our hearts listen to our minds, all the things that you create a deer trail and the deer trail eventually becomes an actual road. And then the road gets paved and then it's cement concrete. And not that you can't undo the concrete road, but it, it takes tools. It takes time or whatever that just started as a deer trail because you thought about it over and over and over again. So what if, right? Like you could always take, of course, like the, whatever it's called, jackhammer and like tear up the road. I'm not saying you can't undo it. If you feel a little bit too far down, but it's work. Like it's sitting professionally on the couch. Right. And it all started that yes, the deer trail. I love Dallas Willard says spiritual formation in Christ is a total interchange of our ideas and images for his. But we don't realize at mm-hmm. 930 on a Wednesday morning, I can engage in deep spiritual formation by naming the thoughts that are in my mm-hmm. head, really observing how are they impacting my mood, my heart, my relationships, and beginning to bring them before God. That's right. How do you do that? I want to hear like, You've got to have a way, obviously. You wrote a book about this. <laughs> like, what are the ways whenever you realize, like, hold up, Sarah, like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I want to hear almost like, do you, are you now familiar with your triggers? Is it that you have a system, like maybe even like a liturgy, like a process or habit you take yourself through? So like for our friends listening that are like, whoa, that is so me. Um, you know, I'm convicted, but like, I don't know how to stop. Right. It's just a cycle. I would say it's similar to like you approach the new year and you're like, oh, I want to get healthy. You might be doing four or five different things to get healthy. Mm -hmm. Like I might be going to the gym, but I also might be like evaluating my diet and I'm going to try to sleep better. So in some ways, I I don't know that there's necessarily Mm -hmm. one answer to this. I think there's a couple of different things that I do. Uh, One of those being just naming my thoughts. So I do a daily office multiple times a day. That's morning, sometime around two or three, and sometimes in the evenings. I hesitate to call it a daily office because that's actually a term that's been coined and there's a real system there. And mine is probably my version of it, but it essentially means sitting down for okay. sitting down yes, for 10 minutes, down. two minutes of silence. This is more apt for the afternoon when I don't have a longer stretch like I do in the morning or the evening. Two minutes of silence, just clearing my head. And then for about five minutes, engaging with some portion of the word or something that surfaced in that silence and bringing it before the word and naming it. And then two minutes of silence at the end. So for me, it looks like Mm -hmm. I sit down at two o'clock and I'm like, all I've wanted to do is like eat chocolate today. So there's a pretty good sign something's going on in my heart if I'm like reaching for the fridge over and over again. And so I sit down and I'm going, I feel overwhelmed. And I let myself do the bunny trail Mm -hmm. back to... Okay, I feel overwhelmed. Well, it actually really started when my friend sent this text to invite me and Nate on a trip that I know I can't go on. And then it's like, well, I can't go on it now. And it actually, I probably won't be able to do something like that for another few years because trying to get kid coverage, we take trips away, just the two of us. But then to add on to that something else, that's really hard. My life is so full. You know, you just follow that trail all the way back to, I'm pretty resentful of how full my life is right now. And so then I've got something to bring to God. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I journal and sometimes I just sit there with his word, his word that tells me, you know, Psalm 16, six, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. And I go back and forth and I go, God, it doesn't feel pleasant. It feels constricting. It feels tight. I'm not getting what I want, 
but your word tells me it's pleasant. God, come and meet me. I bring the full of my, the whole of my emotions. I'm not kind of putting this spiritual ease on it. Like, I love you, God. I'm actually going, I'm going to be resentful. Sure. I mean, and that's a slow (laughs) clearing of the cash. If I do that two, three times a day, it feels a lot less challenging than like, having an emotional breakdown and crying in target yeah. and not realizing why I am so upset or losing, or losing it on your, it kids, on your kids or your spouse or, or husband or coworker. Or roommate. Or Absolutely. Roommate. That's right. Or in the middle of like some major project and yes. you just crushed, you're crushed. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I am yes. out. I'm out of energy. I'm out of thoughts. I'm out of inspiration. I have no passion left about this. And like, that's not the place we want to be, but that's often where we find ourselves. Clear so the cash. Instead, Wait, yes. We just take, clear the cash. That's right. Oh, it's so good. I'm the girl that like on my phone, you know how you can like slide up and over and uh-huh. see all the different apps you have open. Yes. Like you should see my browser tabs right now on my computer. Yeah. It's just like ding, 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 ding. So many things. You and everybody. It's the you same idea. Yeah. Me and everybody else. Yeah, I know y'all welcome to my problems. But like, I I forget. I'm like, why is my battery dying so quickly? Like, why is my phone like mm-hmm. crashing? Why is this app not loading or whatever? Chances are. I'm asking my phone to do so many things in the background. I'm like, I'm not needing to put in a grocery delivery order anymore. It's 4 p.m. I did that at 8 a.m. I can just go ahead and swipe yeah. up, like get out of the app. It's the same. I think for my life, I have that habit of just like keeping things open, not finding closure. And truly, that's because I, I need to find a better rhythm of inviting the Lord into things that whenever I hear, okay, we're finished. Yes. Close the book. I can like actually know I have permission that's to close right. the book. And to start something new, small or big, like, you know, whether that's like selling, buying houses, or if that's just chores. Every or day. a conversation. So I just, I don't know. I want someone else yeah. to feel met there. Yeah. Or conversations that like, you can't operate best when you have all these things open. And you know this too, because motherhood, projects, marriage, friendship, all the things I want to hear what you've learned, especially through this project and writing this specific book. When you find yourself overwhelmed and you feel like you've reached your limit and you've acknowledged your limit and you brought your feelings to the Lord, like what next? How do you figure out priorities, what things go and how to create room for what is inside your threshold? Because I think that's where I find myself is being like, I've identified it. I just maybe don't have the guts to get rid of what I need I think to get rid of. a lot of times there's, we don't have the chutzpah behind that. Like we have that ideal, mm-hmm. but we don't actually follow through. And so I tend to think, okay, how do I give myself the follow through before I even take the steps to clear my plate? And some of that for me is like really letting myself experience the joy of staying within my limits. So it might look like I'm going to focus. I mean, let's start small, right? Because I think all of us need to start small. Like I'm going to give today to being present with what's right in front of me. If it looks like putting my phone aside for several hours, if it looks like going to a park because it's easier to be with my present with my kids when I'm not at home and I can do dishes, if it looks like um, really throwing myself into the project I'm doing in my house, whether it be like organizing my closet or painting a wall and like setting aside other things, I want to experience the fruit of being present right where I am. I think when we have, it's like good endorphins come, at least for me, when I set my phone aside for long stretches there's the anxiety at first that happens, but if I can get in the habit of that and I start to experience, you know what? I actually prayed this afternoon because I wasn't using my free time to place the grocery order, right? Or right. to think about that last thing on Amazon that, shoot, I got to get it, you know? 
So I, I like put my phone aside and then I start to experience the like relief of I'm present. Like my little girl showing me her art and I'm not looking at her art and simultaneously trying to place the Amazon order or I'm looking at her art and simultaneously trying to text her art teacher about the next lesson. Right. <laughs> and so I think when we start to experience a little bit more of the benefits of being present, I actually think the decision matrix for how do we let go of certain things becomes a little bit more clear. We start to go, ah, this is actually producing a lot of chaos in my life. Why am I saying yes to this? Yeah. You just are able to identify the pain points and be like, wait a second. If that's happening happening over and over again, and I find myself getting stirred up, messed up, annoyed, whatever emotion you fill in the blank. Every time X happens, then I probably need to find a different way to do X. Or to and it really comes down to self-awareness. The more that we can understand our, how our bodies and hearts and minds connect to certain activities, I think then the more willing we are to drop them. I think if there was a season of, uh, I think I read about this in the book, there was a season of my life where I really wanted to see what, how does God see me when I'm not productive? I find myself to be someone who's like uber optimizer. I I love being productive. And so I intentionally put myself into a productivity fast where I limited what I would and could do in a day intentionally, two or three things in the afternoon, that was it, to let myself sit in what I felt about it. How do I feel about myself when I'm not super productive? And to start to invite the conversation with God, how do you see me when I'm not doing seven things at once? And how is my like general anxiety and general disposition impacted? I think it was, it was a long stretch of time that I did this productivity fast. And I started to see there's a lot of things that I have added to my life that just don't need to be there. There's a lot of things that I add onto yeah. my plate because I actually feel better when I'm moving and super productive that I don't need to have added to my plate. That's right. What were those things? Do you like yeah, well, so I, I just think in general, I mean, I'm running a household of seven kids. So like, there's a lot of things that I, I mean, and I've got teenagers getting ready to apply to college all the way down to four-year-olds who are still, you know, learning their letters. And so I, my mind tends to spin at optimizing my parenting. Like what, even if I have free space, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how I can help this teenager even better or how I can train my four-year-old even better with her letters or whatever it is. And so my free space is often optimizing my parenting or optimizing my home. I love order and systems. So it's like thinking through a new system in my closet because it's driving me crazy that the pantry is overflowing. And so just quieting those Mm -hmm. going, I am one person, not three. I oftentimes live as if I'm three in one. (laughs) I'm one person capable of one person's activities. And so I, those would start to quiet and I wouldn't then create more stir, like another text exchange with somebody about some new idea. If I didn't have the, if I didn't have the wherewithal to follow through with it, because my life is limited. Mm -hmm. And when you notice the limitations and just the ease to pause, be still back up, you then have margin to do what God has given you. Really like you to to do do it well, well. to do it with joy. I mean, one of the great crises of our time period right now is a lack of presence to the things that are right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Our minds hold a power and our minds are working overtime, optimizing and prohibiting us from being present to what's right in front of us. A lot of times the thoughts in our minds 
while we're present with something that's really beautiful or while we're actually in front of us, something beautiful is happening in front of us. Our minds are working to, to get our eyes out looking over the fence line and we miss, we're missing so many powerful minutes in our life because our, our minds are taking us elsewhere. That's right. You have this cycle. We've kind of talked through it, which is the whole come, die, grieve, Mm -hmm. and then live. And so coming, realizing the limits that we have, being honest with God about them, telling him, I wish this looked different, honestly, and then grieving what we don't have, what can't be, and then, or having it die, obviously, and then grieving the death of what probably won't be or what expectation won't be met. But then can you speak to the live part? Just for the hope for people that are thinking, this is a lot of work. This is hard work. And for me to say it probably, yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it's worth it because at the end of the cycle, there is freedom and life and abundance. And I mean, maybe I'll say this, imagine a day where you wake up and some of the first thoughts of your day aren't what you have to get done or what your life is not. You're not, you're not right away thinking of why your kids aren't better behaved or why your job feels like such a cycle of being stuck or why you still have this ongoing nagging relationship with your mom or your mother-in-law or whatever it is. Imagine a day where you wake up and you're present to the day that's right in front of you where your kid comes in with messy hair and pajamas and you actually appreciate that rather than being annoyed that it was 20 minutes early. Not that you wouldn't feel some annoyance or imagine a day where that's just very normal and your friends are doing really big adventurous um, noteworthy things in your cooking dinner and going to the gym and watching a movie, but you are appreciating that life. I think we forget, especially in our Instagram, our social media world, we forget that there actually is the ability to be joyful with what we have, to be joyful with what we've been given And that's the live. The live is actually the carrot in front of us to do the hard work is your life doesn't change. Your circumstances don't change. Your boundary lines don't change, but you feel joy. And that's possible. It takes work. I think it's important that you said it takes work because I think we want to skip steps and just tell ourselves to be joyful and put like Jesus juice on our day. Like, surely I should be happy rather than actually walking through grieving that you're not. But there is the avail- there is the ability to actually say with your whole heart, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. That's so good. I want someone to hear that. I like not hear it with their ears, but like make the connection to their heart because that is a possibility. This is not a la la land. This is not something that we talk about being hard to even attain. Like this is something that can be for them tomorrow, today, I think right now. It. Yes. And I just don't want someone. Yes, the scripture that it. says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. So I hear that trials of many kinds, and I think the paper cuts, they count, right? Small things in our day. Right. And our, we're really admonished. The this stub of the toe. toe. We're admonished Dang. to consider it joy. Now, we can't just like tell ourselves <laughs> to be joyful, but yeah. could it be? And this is true for my life that the year that I was diagnosed with Lyme, my husband was diagnosed with Lyme, my son was diagnosed with Lyme. I have tasted more freedom in God than I've ever had in my life. And I think we start to build those testimonies where we go, my life physically got smaller and my heart and my experience of being present in my world got bigger. And I think the bottom line about who God is and all this, like the theology behind it is saying, 
God, you are enough. And I think there's so many times like we're looking over the fence line and trying to find and grasp and do all the things to make it what we think it should be because maybe we are agreeing with the belief that God's not enough for us or what he did was not enough for us or the connection, the opportunity for relationship we have cannot ever be enough for us. We must have more. And that is the furthest from the truth. And so just the, I feel like bottom line for me, what I'm carrying away from this conversation is being like, Lord, thank you. This is enough. And everything extra is a gift but this is enough. And drawing that line in my mind to be like, I'm not allowing anything else to be shiny, to be cute or anything that I need to attain. Like, God, Mm -hmm. you are enough. Just your presence is a gift. And having that standpoint really can really be what I think your soul needs to tell your mind, to tell your heart, to tell your body, like, hey, chill. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. Hang out for a second. Um, that's the things we resent are purposed. Like, could it be that the limitations you have, the fence line around your life is intentionally placed there by God so that you could start to look at the grass underneath your toes and the trees on your property and the birds in those trees and the fruit coming from the trees and find joy there? Like, could it be that the thing that you've been interceding for nonstop, asking your friends to pray for, that you've been begging God to change is actually there on purpose? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I have an example that comes to my mind and I want to say it because I this I literally experienced this uh, in a very literal way was diagnosed. Yeah, I don't know if you'll even believe me when I say it because every time it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, did I really do that? So a few weeks ago, right before Christmas, I was diagnosed with COVID flu and pneumonia. Same time. That's like what you hear right now is like residual. I'm still oh. healing. It was wild. So of course, had to like quarantine because I... God forbid, like, I was like, my children cannot get this. We would all go down. This I'd have to like (laughs) set the house on fire. Um, It was a plague, but I was in my room, which is not a large room. We have a very cutie house, like very small. I was in my tiny bedroom and felt trapped, obviously in bed. And the, the last few days when I actually could like open my eyes and operate, I saw so many things I miss in my room, like cool things like this tree outside. It's like a rose bush. It's overgrown. Always thought it was a weed. It was blooming white blooms right outside my window. It was beautiful. And like the way the afternoon light hits my bedroom. I'm never in my bedroom in the afternoon. I have, you know, I'm chasing kids at a park or putting them down for a nap. So it just was so cool to see like, yes, literally was confined, contained, and had to see the best that was right here around me. And the best was beautiful. And I've always missed it. I've never would have known it. Exactly. it. I mean, and Um, I feel like we need those stories. Like I, you know, to, to go on this journey of like believing that our limitations are a gift, that they're purpose, that the things we resent are purpose, we have to start to build a scrapbook of stories like that that we've got a dozen of those. And then we have 15 and then we have 20 of, I was limited and God met me. And that becomes becomes your trail. trail. The dusty footpath then becomes a six lane highway eventually because you you travel that way. Yeah. Justin Whitmire early says, you can't think your way out of something you didn't think your way into. I love his work. And so good, right? I know he wrote that in Habits of the Household. That's on my list. And I just finished so good. I highly recommend it. Um, but it's beautiful because it's this, it's that it's, is not going to be a, I write it down in my journal as my new year's, you know, like habit that I want to become more of like a positive thinker. And like, like you said, pour Jesus juice on it. This is not that it takes hard work. You can't think yourself out of 
something you did not think yourself into. And I believe the best about us and the girls listening, we didn't think I'm going to wake up to be pessimistic and just a brat today. That's not something I would choose on purpose. Some days, maybe. Most days, no. (laughs) Right. That uh, that's not who I want to be known for. It's not how I want my motherhood to be marked. So instead, like having to make this take every thought captive, like we were saying, Mm -hmm. intentional stewarding our minds. It's a lot of hard work, but it's so worth it. And there's grace, the best kind of work. Um, So I just, I I think if anyone has been moved by this conversation, I want them to go out and get your new book. Can you tell us where? The Gift of Limitations can be found anywhere where books are sold. It comes out the first week of March, but if you pre-order before then, you can get a digital copy for free and access to, I write regularly and a lot more candidly than on social media in a uh, sub stack that I have called SOAR. And if you pre-order the book, you get three months free of SOAR. So videos that my husband and I do together, a little bit more behind the scenes of my life and writing, uh, you can get that for free for a couple months if you pre-order before the book actually comes out. Which is so worth it. I always love the free, the pre-order goodies. I'm like, those are the best. Because <laughs> it's the same price. You know, you might as well just go ahead and get the book. Also, it's just the best way to love on an author. It's just order early, leave a review. That's what I always say. Well, I am so appreciative of your time and your wisdom and just all the things. I feel like this was the, uh, I say this sometimes at the end of episodes, but like, I only say this at a few episodes. This was like the kick in the booty and the hug <laughs> right. all at the same time. This is like, come on, girls, we got this. We can do this. We can like honor our limits and learn to see them as the best gift ever and actually enjoy what's within our fence line and not always dream about somebody else. And when we enjoy what's in our fence line, it makes it easier for hospitality, for joy, to treasure what's God give, what God has given us and just the theology like, yes. God, you're enough for me. So this was, I, this was a gift well, for, me. for me too. So, I know. Heart, Rachel. It was Super perfect. sweet to see just this message in your life too. Thank you. It's one that we need. So, hey, one more question before we go. Almost forgot. Who am I? This is the <laughs> this is the first interview back in 2024. I'm like, got to get back in the game. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, what is something? This is like my favorite one. I can't believe I almost didn't ask it. What is something you are loving that you have to share with our friends listening? Could be anything like shameless plug, product, recipe. Well, whatever. right now... I love the Toops and Co. And I might be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, tallow vanilla okay. balm for your face. All right. So not for a, your exact okay. age range of your listeners, but ladies, we got to take care of our skin. And tallow is really great for We're our all skin. over the board. Here. Yes. And so yes. this, but tallow, like I have to tell you the secret, tallow is like from beef. So sometimes I have used tallow and I felt like it is, uh, I'm cooking, you know, tacos. But a friend of mine (laughs) smelled so good one day and I was like, where did you get that? And she's like, it's the vanilla tallow from Tubes & Co. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's not cheap, but it is so worth it. And it's an awesome moisturizer and you will no longer smell like you're cooking tacos. And it's great for it. So that's what I'm loving. There we go. I love a good skincare recommendation. I say this for people that are like, should I start, you know, using anti-aging? I'm like, listen, if you listen to Backstreet Boys in sync or you know who they are, you need to be using eye You cream. needed to have okay, started using anti-aging pro- products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm like, jump on the carousel, queen. It's time to order you some skincare. Okay, so Tips and Co. And all of us are aging. And now here I'm telling you, here's how to jump the fence there, ladies. (laughs) Keep your skin young, even though you're getting older. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Hey, we got to steward what's in our fence line, right? That's right. That includes my skin. That's right. Take care of me. Well, thank you. This has been a joy. We'll link all the things we talked about, gift of limitations, book, pre-order information, everything, Sarah, and our show notes today, if you're listening. But Sarah, thank thank you you so much for your time. Like I said, you're a treasure. Thanks so much for listening to another episode with us. It would mean the most if you took 30 seconds and left us a five-star review in whatever platform that you're listening in right now. It's one of the best and free ways that you can love on us. So don't forget that anything we mention in today's episode from resources, products, and more can all be found in our show notes at realtalkwithrachel.com. For more updates, behind the scenes, and fun chats, head over to Instagram and follow us at Real Talk Podcast.